people don't know what our guys go through, what we go through. So we really wanted to be able to shed light on that to people that maybe aren't in the sports industry at all. And the people that are can maybe learn something about another sport that they never knew. Brittany and I were starting with football and then we were sitting there and we're like, why would we stop at football when we could ask, you know, other stories as well. And so for us, we started, you know, asking some friends like Brittany had some friends that were in softball, baseball, different. And we started to learn from those stories. And I will say that even interviewing you or interviewing just other sports, we have been very humbled because you think that, you know, when you're in your lifestyle and you're going day to day, you just kind of get in this bubble of like, oh, this is so hard. Like only the people that are in my sport understand, but my jaw hits the ground every time I hear, you know, another sport that is going through, like for your lifestyle. I mean, after we had, you know, done our podcast, I was like, wow, that is just incredible. Like, and, and so just to almost like, make yourself more aware of other women that are strong and empowering going through very similar journeys. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, by hockey expats, So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today I have Brittany and Ashley joining me for more than a season podcast and I had so much fun chatting with them. If you're new here, welcome. Breaking the Ice is a podcast for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players. So many girls message me from different sports saying that they can resonate with the material as well. So we you know, have a lot of topics that are not necessarily focused on just hockey, but we have a lot of lifestyle podcasts, or you might relate to the content, but just replace the word hockey with whichever sport you're in. It's actually something that Brittany, Ashley, and I kind of talked about and what makes their podcast different from just, you know, mine specifically focused on hockey is their podcast features girls from different sports all across the sports industry. So they have soccer, football, lacrosse, hockey, you name it. It's really interesting to hear different perspectives. And I think that we all are really similar regardless of the different sports that our significant others play. Make sure to go check out their podcast and check out my episode on their podcast coming out next week. So on March 31st, and I'll be taking over their Instagram page on April 1st and just kind of showing you a day in the life. I'm going to show a little bit of where we played last hockey season and also just what our off-season looks like. It was really fun to hear about what their lives are like being a football coach's wife and girlfriend and what this year has looked like for them, how it's been moving around, making friends, and all of that good stuff. So very similar things to what we go through in our hockey lives. As you guys know, I am in San Diego now, so I'm back in North America and Whew, was that a long travel day with a baby and two dogs. I am already an anxious flyer, so those things are just kind of extra stressors for me, but we got through it. We made it. If I could tell you one thing to bring with you, it is a nursing pillow, whether you're breastfeeding or giving bottles, or if your baby's like me and wants you to hold them all the time, you will want this pillow so that they can nap on you because holding a baby in your arms for an extended period of time is a lot. We flew from Vienna to Washington, D.C. to San Diego, and after that long 10-hour leg, the last thing you want to do is get back on a six-hour flight, which is what we had to do. But once we touched down, it was definitely an emotional reunion, and it was so good to see my family and just get help from them and continue to get help from them. It's just such a nice, refreshing break. So we are just soaking up the early stages of our off-season, and I hope that, you know, you guys are hanging in there wherever you are. I know in our last community check-in on Instagram page, a lot of people were struggling last week, and I hear you. I hope this episode is a nice little outlet in your week, and I hope you enjoy.
All right, guys, today we are stepping outside of the hockey world and into the football world. I have Ashley and Brittany from More Than a Season joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited you guys are here. Yeah, we are so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Usually with my podcast, I have people kind of like introduce themselves, talk a little bit about who you are, where you're from, maybe how you met your significant other. So Ashley, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so we have been on quite the journey, but I am originally from Dallas, Texas, Um, Allen, Texas, but I always say that if people are not from the Metroplex, but um, I am from there. And then my husband, Carson, he is from Grapevine, Texas. So we did not meet until college uh, at Oklahoma State, both went to school there and I was working in the marketing office. So I was the front desk just doing my thing in the football, you know, marketing. And then he walked through and I was like, wow, I am really intrigued by who that man is. So (laughs) we started, you know, talking, our world started to kind of pass with each other, you know, doing everything. And ever since then, I have been involved in the football lifestyle. We have moved several times. So we've been Oklahoma, Kansas, Washington, where I met Brittany, and now here at Mississippi State. So it has been quite the journey. I'm very excited to be here. So I appreciate you having us on. But man, yeah, football is, you know, just as much moving, I'm sure as hockey is. So yeah, yeah. Brittany, Brittany, go ahead and share yours too, because she's got quite the moving journey. As well. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a, di- a little different story than Ashley. So I am dating my boyfriend, Drew. He is quality control for football here at Mississippi State, but we met, someone set us up and we weren't even living in the same state. So I am from Los Angeles, California, and I went to school in actually Iowa. So I moved to Iowa when I was a freshman in college, went to school there, came back to California. And then I actually coached softball for a couple of years. So I lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years after college, got my master's in got my business masters and then moved back home. So I'm back home living, living the dream in California. And my friend's brother was like, Hey, like you're coming up this weekend to Washington to watch my game. He played football for Washington state. He's like, I'm going to set you up with somebody. I'm like, okay. Thinking like it's a player, you know, like he's not that much younger than me. So it wouldn't be that creepy. I'm not trying to be a cougar over here, but (laughs) he was like, I have someone he's perfect, whatever. I'm like, all right. He's like, he's my coach. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, I'm picturing like an old man. Um, he wasn't, we were the same age, but we ended up, you know, I went up there for the weekend and we met and just hit it off and never thought that it would turn into what it has, but we did long distance for a year and a half. And then I ended up moving up there to Washington state. And then we are down here now in Mississippi. So crazy journey. Oh man. And so I have to ask you just because we're both from Southern California, how was that growing up there and then moving somewhere completely new for, for school? It was honestly, it was the best experience that I could have ever asked for. And I tell everybody that's in high school now, or people that I've talked to, I'm like, move away from your home because you grow so much as an individual. So I'm sure you know, like you are completely far away from home, but I, it was the best thing that could have happened. I feel like I grew so much. I'm a completely different person than I was in high school not in a bad or good way, just completely different. And it was hard. I didn't know a single person at my school in Iowa. So usually people are like, oh, you know, I'm going to school with my friend or whatever. I didn't know a single person. So it was an, it was a unique experience, but sports definitely helped. Yeah, for sure. I know I kind of had the same thing. Like I just wanted to get away and, you know, meet new people and experience seasons and that kind of thing. And it was really hard at first, but I'm so happy that I did. And I feel like it was a good introduction to like this lifestyle, right? Because now that's just like the lives that we live. Exactly. Uh, But so like, how did you guys get connected? Yeah. So we, it's so funny because like speaking on, you never know who you're going to meet. I didn't know a single soul moving to Washington state. And so it's funny because we literally got married, got, you know, back from our honeymoon. And the next day we drove from Dallas to Washington. So, you know, you have all that time in the car and I was like, what am I like, what am I going to do in Washington and who am I going to meet? But, um, Brittany and I met, it was one of the 
first. I mean, nights that I had lived there and, um, you know, we met and she was like, I'm an event coordinator and I love events. Well, that's my job as well. Um, different companies, but definitely similar, um, things to talk about. And I remember I was like, wow, this girl's like really cool, you know, and she's not from Washington either. We're both new. And so we hit it off and there was a day that we were at, um, a pool. We always like to laugh and joke because it was like an, a random apartment pool because it was so dang hot. We were like, gotta find a spot. <laughs> but we ended up going there. And that's kind of how this whole idea of even the podcast came about was just talking about, hey, this lifestyle is kind of crazy. Like both of us are fish out of water, you know, trying to navigate a new area, even though we'd both moved before, but it was really neat. So that's how we met was in Washington. Was your like one of your significant others, like the head coach, and then the other one is the assistant or like, how does that? They're both assistants. So they basically both do the same job for different positions. So football is interesting. And if anyone's listening, uh, I mean, you guys are hockey, so you probably don't know. And I didn't know either, even being in sports my whole life, I had no idea. Football is a different beast. They have like their head coach and then they have like 10 full-time assistant coaches. And those full-time assistant coaches are like for different positions. You know, you can, you can kind of divvy those up however you feel, just depending on the coach. They sometimes do more for defense or more for offense, depending on what the coach leans more towards. And then under that, they have these positions called quality control. And it's basically a full-time coach, but it's kind of like in between. So you have a grad assistant and then you have you know, a quality control, and then you have your full-time. So you kind of have an in-between period before you're a complete full-time coach and you have like your own room with your guys. So our guys are both quality control coaches. Drew, my boyfriend coaches quarterbacks, and then Ashley um, Carson coaches the offensive line. So that's kind of how their friends, obviously, you know, they kind of all hang out in the same area, same office area. So that's kind of how we got introduced in the beginning. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I had no no idea that there was that many coaches. So are there a lot of like coaches, significant others as well, like wives, girlfriends, fiancés? Yeah. So this, it depends on what staff you are with at that certain time, but this staff that we have has a lot of little kiddos and there is a lot of, um, you know, wives that are here as well as girlfriends. So it's different everywhere you go, but it's usually, um, you know, per staff, you have like the younger, um, younger group, I guess is what you would say. And that is kind of where Brittany and I are in. We don't have kids yet, but we are, you know, still at that high, like the, (laughs) the higher level of age. (laughs) And so it's interesting because there's just like everywhere you go, you never know. So like this staff right now has, um, it's so fun because they have so many children, but it's so funny because at places that I have lived, there hasn't been very many at all because everyone's very similar in age. So it's different, but I guess everybody, it's so crazy because we all come together for one sport, but we all have these different chapters of life that we are living in. Um, so that's pretty cool as well. I know there's usually someone that's like on the same like path in life. Right. But it is tricky when there's like a bunch of different like age ranges and life phases and kids that are different ages. And like, it's just like, it's cool that you guys found each other. And so you guys were in Washington and then you went to Mississippi to where you are now. So how did that work that you guys went up back on the same team together? Yeah, it's kind of rare. And we talk about it all the time, how we're lucky, especially having this podcast that we are able to be, we actually live right around the corner from each other. So we can walk to each other's houses, which is even more rare, I feel like. So um, we, our head coach, Coach Leach, Coach Mike Leach, he was the head coach at Washington State. He took the job down here at Mississippi State and he took almost all of his staff. He took a lot, he took all of his offensive staff. So that brought all of those coaches, those wives, those families. So it kind of worked out for a lot of the people here because a lot of the kids are really close. As you can imagine, like, you know, you're there for however many years he was there at Washington state for seven years. So some of those people had been with him for a really long time, built those connections, and then they got to bring them down here, which is really cool. You know, we were friends up there and we actually started the podcast in Mississippi. So we hadn't started it yet. We just talked about it when we were in Washington. So we decided to start it when we got down here. 
Oh, no, I was just saying that it's it's such an interesting time. I'm sure it is where there's that up in the air time where you don't know if you get to go or not. And so Brittany and I were trying to navigate through that at Washington State just because you don't know. And it's just part of the business, but you don't know if you get to go or not. And so when you get, you know, asked or your significant other gets asked to go and, you know, you're trying to navigate through that. And then Brittany and I are friends. So it's just one of those things where, you know, there's so much like delay where you're like, I don't know <laughs> what's about to happen. So when we both were asked to come down um, and come with, it was just such like a special moment just because that rarely ever happens. Usually it's very like pick, um, you know, here and there. And so for both of us to be here, it was very special for sure. Yeah, I feel like it feels like a breakup when you get really close with someone and then you go to different teams. Like it just feels so sad because then it's like you don't see them and then you're used to hanging out like at least a few times a week, you know, and it's hard because, yeah, like you said, like every year is different. You don't know if you're going somewhere. So do you guys like do you get signed for a certain amount of time or is every year kind of at the end of the season? You're like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Every year is kind of like, a, I don't know. And in our transition period, I I'm sure obviously it's different for hockey and different sports, but our transition transition period <laughs> is after like Thanksgiving, early December into like February. And actually this year it's kind of pushed even further. There's still been some transition into like this early March period because, um, of COVID. But yeah, so usually it's just like a year by year, you could be there one year, you could leave during the season. I mean, there's not really, there are once you get higher, like once you become a head coach, obviously you sign a contract and I mean, it's going to be a little bit more of a decision than somebody that make, that's making a little less, but our guys in the position that they're in right now, a lot of people shift year to year and Ashley actually <laughs> shifted year to year. They moved a lot. Yeah, we, it's so interesting just because we were like, wow, we just keep the record going like one place, <laughs> one place per, per year. Like it just feels so weird. And, you know, I think that once you get in that routine, there's almost like at the end of the season, Brittany and I talk about all the time, you get this like anxious feeling of where you're sitting on the edge of your seat because you know that the dominoes are about to fall. And so usually um, I don't know how it is in hockey, but there is, you know, media and things that go behind and whispers of who's moving, who's doing this. And so you can either feed into that and kind of try to follow it and try to organize your life where you think the dominoes may fall or you just kind of sit back, which I've done a lot better this time. <laughs> but usually you just sit back and you just wait. And so there's that period from like what Brittany said, where you're just kind of sitting back and waiting for you know, where the possibility is that you could possibly be moving. It is just one of those things that I don't know if you ever get used to it. But once you get to that end of the season, you start to feel this like, um, anxiousness of like, okay, here we go. Like, what are we about to do? <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with the move, I guess, from Washington to here, Ashley kind of touched on this a little bit, but we, so our head coach came down here and kind of nobody heard anything. It was just like this really weird period where like nobody knew if they were going. So we all were like, okay, well, well we're kind of out of a job now at Washington. Basically there's this new coach coming in and he's probably going to bring all his guys. So we're all just kind of hanging out in Washington, like, okay, when's, what's going to happen? So some of the people got the call and then, um, Ashley, actually, they got the call about a week before my boyfriend, Drew, got the call. So they went down and then my boyfriend got technically let go, I guess, from Washington State. So for about a week there, he didn't have a job, which is not a long time. I mean, he was still getting paid. You know, his contract was through this through the summer. But I was working at Washington State at the time. So I'm like, uh, do I need to like quit my job? Do we need to like move in with my parents? Like, what are we going to do here? And then we also had another friend who was around the same age and same life experience, I guess that we were at and she, they never got the call. So they were just living there through the summer. So we got the call in like late January of last year and they lived there through the summer. So it's just like one of those awkward times where it's like, 
you know, you want your friends to be happy. You want your friends to do well. And you, and you would never be like, oh, I don't want you to go because <laughs> I want to go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just that awkward, like you want everyone to go somewhere and be successful and accomplish their dreams. So I'm not sure what's hockey like with that, because we, we aren't really sure what, what that period looks like. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's really similar for a coach as it is like a player, right? Because usually unless you've signed like a few years, which sometimes they do, it is like every year a different, it's like you're a free agent after it. And so with coaching too, it's like, once your contract is up, you can either, you know, get rehired or they'll find another coach and then you have to find a new job, but it's totally stressful. I mean, like the season here for us, it's almost over. And I feel like I probably not consciously put pressure on my husband, but I'm like, have you talked to your agent? Like what's going on? Has, you know, the team asked anything? Like, does he have any idea of where we're going to go next year? Because for us being over here, it's a little bit different in Europe as opposed to people that play in the States. But like, we have a lot of crap over here. So I need to know if we're going to put our stuff in a storage unit, if we're going to leave it with friends. And then if we re-sign in Europe, or if we don't, then all of our stuff is sitting in Europe. So it's like the same thing. It's just like constant stress. And I feel like it's really hard to let go of that control because you want to be in control of your life. Right. So it feels like things are just like spinning out of control when you don't know what's going on. So what you guys are saying, I totally resonate with. And, you know, usually for the most part, we have signed year to year contracts throughout our entire hockey journey. So it's like every single season at the end of the season, it's stressful. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I think that it's, it's something so crazy because you, you try to do so well and like support your significant other and back off during that time period. Cause you're like, they're just as stressed as anybody else. But I mean, I am guilty a hundred percent for, I always laugh. I'm like, I'm like your PR person. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, are you paying attention to this? Like, what is this? Like, do you know this person? But it's just so funny because regardless of my head spinning, I mean, it's not going to go the way that I'm trying to piece all the puzzle together. So I learned, I was like, you know, and I'm not any expert, but I did learn that if I, you know, stay off social media during that time period, at least where it's the most present of all the different pieces moving, then I'm a lot better of a person. So I do that where I just kind of remove it during that time period. But it's hard. I would love to unpack that a little bit, because I think that's where it's a little bit different with hockey as, you know, you can sometimes hear if your team signs a new person, but I think like, it's different from a coaching perspective and with football. So like, what do you mean you stay off social media? Like, so what are some of the things that you might see that would cause you stress or like make you wonder if you're going to sign somewhere or not? Yeah. So it's mainly Twitter, I will say, and it's not everyone, everyone doesn't do this. I just learned this from somewhere, some other wife that has told me this at a previous school. And I just kind of adapted it. Cause I was, I was becoming this like, agent trying to, with no reason I had no <laughs> no help I would just like screenshot things and send it to Carson and be like hey did you know this are you on top of this and he's reading the same thing that I am reading so for my own sanity I basically there is just this one blog or website that gets updated daily and it's with rumors or it's sometimes they're true of shifts that can be happening within the coaching world and so what they do is they update it like every couple hours during this time. And so you're constantly checking, seeing if the school that you're at is maybe rumored with shifts moving or people, you know, so you're constantly just trying to keep up because the shift happens so fast. And like what Brittany said is, you know, we, with this movement from Washington to Mississippi state, it felt like years because usually the shift happens and then everything just moves like within the next week or two with this, usually you're like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, miss out because everything happens so fast. So that's just me personally, what I do. And I I have done it. I've lasted until about a week ago. And then I opened it just to like, <laughs> look to see how it was going. <laughs> but other than that, that's just kind of what I do personally, just because you know, it's out of our hands. So you might as well just take a breather and not cause yourself any more stress (laughs) than you already have. 
Yeah. And what about you, Brittany? Do you do that? No, I, (laughs) I do the opposite, but I don't, I, I started getting the same way too, but my, I mean, they know probably before I even know, or before I even look at that website. So I actually never even knew it was a thing until like the, like the end of last year. So I had no idea what people were talking about. And so I finally got onto it this year, but I just like do it for my own my own reading pleasure. Like I don't talk to him about it because it is one of those things where I'm like, he's working on it. Like he's doing the best. So they're at this level where, you know, they want to become the full-time guys, those 10 full-time guys. So they're kind of working at that. So what Ashley's mentioning too, is kind of like finding people that you might know that might be able to get them to another level, whether it's here or somewhere else, you know, you're kind of just looking for that at, at all times. So, um, I think, I'm like, he's working on it. Like, what can I do to, you know, but I do like, I, I love gossip. I love, you know, (laughs) I'm a big real housewives fan. Like I'm all into this. So I'm like, Oh, who's this person that I'm looking up on Instagram. I'm like, I just like, I just like the gossip mill. So. Okay. So I have a question. So like for players, every player has an agent that will like go to a bunch of teams that would be like a good spot a good fit that works in a good league and um a lot of it is like connection with your agent so if your your agent has good connections with like teams or coaches then that you know helps your probability of getting an offer at one of those teams right as opposed to like an agent calling a team and being like hey i have this guy and the team's like okay who are you you know and so a lot of it's like connection and who you know but how does it work for coaches like do does the coach have to like, I hate when people ask me, does your husband have to apply for these jobs? Like, it's like, no, he doesn't apply for these jobs. Okay. Like you don't just like submit an application. Like I would like to play on your team. Right. But like, how does it work for you guys? Yeah. yeah. So I just think it's crazy and Brittany can add into, but it is, it's all about who, you know, and I, I say that with the most positive behind like backing behind it, because I know that it, that sounds terrible, but you can, you know, be at at one school, you could be at 20 schools. It doesn't matter. It's all comes down to who, you know, and when the shift happens, did you prove yourself enough to be taken with or to be offered or just hopeful that your name will come up in a conversation of, Hey, this guy, I've got this guy. He's really great. He would do well for this position. So even if your resume is packed and you've been to all these places, it really comes down to who has faith when they like faith in you, when you get to the next spot. And if there's an opening um, either you have that connection with the person that is in charge of filling that spot, or, you know, you are called up by someone that has heard of your name, you know, from someone else. So it's very much of, um, you know, making sure that you're networking and things like that, but it's hard at the level that our significant others are at. I will touch on that just because you have to, in order to move up and do the next level, you you have to have shift. So there's no way that you can usually stay at one spot unless somebody else leaves. So it's really hard at this level to um, stay in one spot. It does happen, but usually that's why you move so much in the beginning because you're trying to network and figure out like, okay, you know, hopefully someday that I've proved when I worked with this person um, that I can do this job in the future. But it's also interesting. I'll let Brittany kind of touch on it and I'll throw it over to her. But we say full-time coaches and that is, you know, the positions with the contracts and the things like that, that's one level up. Um, We still have the same hours. So even though it's full-time and there's these seats, we're all, all working like within one team, one office, same hours. So it's just very interesting the way that the structure is, but um, for agents, when you get to that next level, usually agents have a bunch of different clients and they are, they are talking to different head coaches and those things. You just have to get to that next step, which is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, there are people that have agents and I think it's become more prominent now in the coaching world than ever before, because it used to just be like head coaches have agents and that's kind of it. And everybody else just kind of falls under that. But I think more recently, 
everyone just wants that extra step, that extra leap ahead of people. So having an agent just gives you that step in front of other people because you might not know anybody at a different school. So they do. They have those connections like you're mentioning for players as well. But I think the job application is the funniest thing because my mom will send me like, she'll be like, oh, did you see that? This is, they're hiring. My mom wants us obviously to come back to like the West Coast. So she's like, USC is hiring. I'm like, mom, he's not going to apply for a job. Like they already know who they're going to hire. It's just a formality that they have to put that out there. And she's just like, she'll send me like LinkedIn things all the time. I'm like, okay, mom, like this is just hilarious. It's it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like a genuine question though. And people are like, do they apply? Like, it's just like, they really have no clue. (laughs) They have no clue what goes on behind the scenes. None. (laughs) And Brittany, I'll ask you first, but like, what has it been like moving around every year for you? Like, I know you guys got lucky kind of being able to move together, but was there a time where you didn't get to move together and it was like a little bit scary going somewhere or before you met? Well, I've moved around a lot by myself, I guess, before I kind of got into this football world. And then um, we moved when I moved to Washington, we I was only there for less than a year and then we moved down to Mississippi. And we've been here a year now. So I think the scariest part about moving to me is I am like so type A person. So like I like you said before, like I just want to know what we're doing, where we're going, what I'm going to be able to do there and like how where I'm going to live, you know. But when we move down here, um, I'll just share a funny story real quick. But Ash has heard this like a thousand times. Um, <laughs> so we so um my boyfriend Drew came down here before I did. So he was down here about um, a month before I moved down here. I was, you know, getting the stuff together, getting it packed up and and getting my car off and his car off to be shipped out here. So I ended up um, letting him choose where we we're going to live down here in Mississippi. So he he's like FaceTiming me and there's like this place and it's kind of like our place was in Washington. It was like a duplex. I'm like, okay, yeah, that seems fine. And he sent me like a video. I'm like, all right, like that looks okay. And it was so cheap. Like when I tell you cheap, like it it was like, it was like $800. And I was like, okay, like that. I don't know if that's just a thing in Mississippi. Like it's super cheap. I'm not sure. Anyways, I move out here and we we walk into (laughs) this place. (laughs) Like I had traveled all day, right? Like we're okay. We finally are moving into our place and we walk in and I'm like, no, no, no. No. So we walk in the carpet is like disgusting. Like there's like stains everywhere and they had just cleaned. Like you can tell, you know, you can tell someone had just cleaned, but like these stains have been here for God knows how long and like things weren't working. Like there was just like so many little things like the window in the front was shattered. Like there was molds. There was like gross things. And I'm kind of like, uh, and my boyfriend felt so bad because he was like, well, in my, in my, in my defense, I toured this in the dark because they had shut the power off and there was so much furniture. I couldn't see the floor too much because they had like seven couches. So I do give them that, but I was like, uh, no, we're moving. So we moved out, we bought a house, but I was just like, oh my God, never again, never again. Oh my gosh. And that's probably the last time you'll ever let him pick where you guys oh yeah <laughs> never never <laughs> if you saw though Devin the difference between where they're living now compared to where they first started it is like night night and day different. night and day <laughs> no I was gonna say like I just feel like from Instagram like both of your guys's houses look so cute Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I just remember picking Brittany up and she was like, I mean, she had to live out of boxes while the house was being like finished, the one that she moved into. And I just remember picking her up and it was just so terrible because you know, you're you're not comfortable, you're not settled because your stuff is still in boxes, but she'd get in the car and it's just like this big sigh, like, oh, like I'm just so ready. Yeah. So now <laughs> now they're we all were like the grandparents from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like our <laughs> Our, all we had was our bed in the living room. So we slept there. We sat there. We like, I had to work from there. Like it was just, it was so bad. We were out of, like all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do you feel like we've ever left this? Bed? And then quarantine started, you know? So we're like, 
we really were Charlie and the Jocka Factory grandparents. Like we, <laughs> we lived in that bed. So it was hilarious, but good. You know, it moved, it worked out. We bought a house and we love this house. So just know that maybe you shouldn't let your significant others pick where you live. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great tip. <laughs> I don't think I would trust my husband picking out a place because his standards and mine are very different and it just would probably be the same situation, but it's funny because with hockey, like from a player's standpoint and kind of with the coaches, at least here, um, you get like assigned where you live. Like they're like, here's your apartment for the season. So you don't get a really pick, especially in Europe. You don't get a pick usually. And then um, back in the States, like in the ECHL, you don't get a pick either. But then like the, the AHL and the NHL, you do pick where you live. So it is funny because sometimes you get put in these places and it's just like, Oh, and you're like living our place. I mean, it's nice. It's just really small, but like all of the furniture in here is not ours, you know? So I feel like I'm living in someone else's home, which is just like icky, you know, because I'm like, I, I, don't, I would not pick out any of this furniture. So it just like, <laughs> you kind of live the whole season. Feel, like I just said, like feeling like you're living in someone else's home. So it is hard to get adjusted, but that's nice that you guys can kind of, obviously once you switched locations and houses that you can get kind of comfortable, you know, is it luck of the draw then? Like who, what if somebody gets a better apartment than you? Like, how do they determine that? Yeah. Well, we all live in the same apartment complex, actually, like uh, majority okay. of us. Good. So it's I was like, I going to say that'd be awkward. Like, yeah. So we're kind of like scattered all around, but it's not like that in every season or every city. Like some people live, you know, all over the place. So it just kind of depends on the team, but yeah, that's nice that you guys get a pick. I, I kind of wish that, you know, you can scout out the area and be like, okay, this is kind of, but the rink is like literally our backyard. So he can walk to the rink, which is nice. So then I can take the car and go do stuff. I had a couple of hockey wives on our hockey coaches, wives on my podcast. And I kind of like this question. I don't know if it like would apply to you or not, but I'm curious if you ever feel like there's a boundary between like being a coach's significant other and a player significant other like do you feel like can you do you guys hang out with the girls of the players yeah so no we do not I will say that it's interesting just because I think it has to a lot to do with tickets too like at the games and things like that like we don't see them and where their family's tickets are but I will say that it's different at every school um, but it's, I feel like with NFL, it's a little bit different that level just because you are such a big family and business when it comes to that. So you are all together, like most of the time, but with us, the players, um, I feel like there is at our level, um, it depends on what school you're at, like on how much and like how much involvement you are around the players. So at the different schools that I've been at, I mean, sometimes you do activities like with the players and their families and it, and you do that. And then there's others where it's very separate. So I think it just depends on where you um, are located at and like what that kind of atmosphere is, but not so much. And I don't think Brittany, do you, did I miss anything on that? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, I have a little bit of a different perspective from being at Washington because my, like I'd mentioned the person that introduced us, he was a player at the time. So I hung out with a lot of the players' families and it's more families than girlfriends or even they have, some of them are married. Some of them have kids, um, but we're really separate from their seats at most places. And even just like, kind of, I don't know. I feel like some, it's more families in the player atmosphere at college level than you see really? a lot of like the significant others. Yeah. You see more of the parents, like around then you'd see the oh like players parents yeah players parents yeah oh okay that's interesting yeah because I guess that's now that I'm thinking about it like they the girls if they had girlfriends would be like way younger mm -hmm. yeah yeah some of them are I think yeah as Ashley mentioned NFL is different we've heard from a couple different people that some you know they're closer with players players girlfriends or wives or anything like that because they could be older. They could have, been, you know, Tom Brady, like he's been in the game forever, you know? So like he's older and like, mm -hmm. I'm sure one of the coaches wives would be maybe the same age, maybe younger. So mm -hmm. I think it's different in the NFL than it is in college. 
Yeah, yeah. And the age gap too. Like if you think about it, like most of these players, I mean, they're anywhere from like 18 to, yeah. I mean, 22, <laughs> 23. So most of their girlfriends are in school. And so they are usually in the student section somewhere, living it up, living the good life. Yeah, yeah we're jealous. <laughs> the <CBT>, right? <laughs> yeah, we wish we could go over to the student section, hang out with them. Yeah, well, that's crazy that there's so many coaches because, I mean, I'm sure that's, like, so nice because, like, in hockey, there's usually, like, a head coach and assistant coach and, like, that's it, you know? And um, I think it can be a little bit lonely for coaches' wives in the hockey industry just because there is a boundary, right? Because... I mean, everybody gets along and you get together for these big group things, but I think like they don't want to say something that could like, it, maybe if they know there's like a trade or like a move or something and like they're scared if they get too close, like that might come out. Right. So I think that's awesome. And that's like definitely to your advantage that there's so many because it gives you like more people to hang out with. Yeah. I feel like in any, you know, in any place you have a bunch of women together, not everybody's going to get along, Totally, you know? So it's kind of nice that we do have a bigger group because you can, you're not going to be best friends with everybody, but as long as you can like all get along in a big environment, then that's what matters. And then you'll have your own friends that you'll hang out with and go to dinner or happy hour with. That's a little bit different than a big group setting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And big group settings, I feel like can be like really overwhelming. Yeah, I, I think that with moving each place that I have learned so far, because it's a different staff every single time. And so I feel like that it's best and we tell our listeners um, this as well is that you have your football family, but you also need to create a network outside of football, because it is so true that you get almost wrapped up in what, you know, you're your significant other's role and what you're kind of surrounded with that there's this whole other city and town that, you know, has all these people in it that you can meet and create your own um, network of people that you can hang out with. So it is really fortunate that the staff is so big, but for us personally, we like to either join, you know, some type of community group or, you know, go just, kind of plant yourself within the community because you don't know how long you're going to be there. Um, you know, you could be there six months or a year or mm -hmm. two years. So I feel that with each place that I've moved, it's been kind of a different experience of, you know, you either do hang with everybody or you hang with some or you hang with, I mean, it's been different every single time. So I feel that it's safe to almost find that extra outside group, like in the community, just to have, you know, a little bit of diversity with your life that you're living. Mm -hmm. So what does this year look like for you guys with COVID? Like, what does the football season look like? Well, we had, um, so we just finished our season in like the end of December, December 31st was our last game. So we had, it was an interesting year. I, I we actually lucked out that they were able to have 25% capacity at these stadiums. So we were able to go to a lot of games. We traveled to a couple away games as well, which is really cool and got to see some different stadiums. I actually liked it because it wasn't packed and you weren't, you didn't feel like a sardine and then <laughs> you could park at the stadium and then get home in 15 minutes. It was really nice, but you know, it's different. So they don't have that full atmosphere where you do have that energy and all of that behind the game. Um, our, our guys were getting tested every other day, which I'm sure hockey is very similar with the testing and stuff like that. But it was, we were just thankful that we got through the season and we only had, I think, two games that got postponed. So, and they ended up finishing them and playing them anyways. So it was, it was actually really, we were thankful that we got that. And I think this year will be a lot more, a lot easier because people are getting vaccinated and, you know, hopefully those numbers keep trending in the right direction and hopefully we'll get even more people at the stadium this year. So I think this fall will be even better, but they're about to start spring ball here in a couple of weeks. So we'll see how, how things start going. Yeah. So did any teams that you guys played or like your team get the COVID bug where like one person had it and like the entire team got sick? Yeah. I feel like the whole, I feel like everyone in football had this happen to them. <laughs> like not even just our team. It was just, it's so hard because you know, you're working. And I, I do want to say that our staff did everything possible to keep 
everyone safe and clean and sanit like everything that you could possibly think of. So I feel like there was a lot of protocols put into place, but it is just so hard. I feel like they, you know, did everything that they possibly could. But yeah, we had a lot of teams in our conference. I mean, they had to push games for like three weeks. And so we were laughing. We were sitting at our bowl game. We're like, we've been, you know, in the season for three years, it feels like this one season because everything kept getting pushed. And so, yeah, I feel like almost all the teams had the one person or several people and it just, I mean, took over over time. Yeah. Did you guys stay healthy or did your significant others bring anything home? Are you allowed to say? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was just laughing at Brittany because... <laughs> <laughs> it's just been crazy. Yeah, Carson, Carson had COVID and I missed it. I was not, um, I was actually coming here to Texas. I was driving and he was in contact and had it on Friday. So I missed it by like getting it by like three hours from us being in the same place. But he wow. was fine. He was very fortunate. I, I will say he didn't have, you know, the intense symptoms that people usually do have and so I will say that but I was looking at Brittany laughing just because it was just like I remember calling her and being like I am so sorry but you have to get tested I have to get tested Drew had to I mean because we did the podcast and she's sitting next to me oh my gosh so yes everything turned out okay but man oh man yeah <laughs> the time yeah so did you get it Brittany or no no, no. Drew and I fortunately haven't gotten it, which is good. We actually just got our vac our first vaccination last weekend. Oh, nice. So we're we're excited for that. And and his family both has their vaccination. So his his parents are older and we're gonna see them this summer. So it was important to us to have that before we go hang with them for an extended period of time. So we're excited about that. But we fortunately have not gotten it and um our families haven't gotten it either. So that's been been good. So did you get any side effects or anything from it? We felt like we got hit by a bus. Like it was so funny because we felt like we got drugged, like not in a bad way. It wasn't sick at all, but we just felt so tired and our arms like were killing us for a day. And that was it. Like that, that whole day, we just were like, do you feel like somebody like gave you a sleeping pill? Like secretly in your drink? And yeah. so we were just really tired. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's good that it wasn't too bad. No, we didn't get sick at all, which is awesome. I know some people have had some some symptoms where they haven't felt great. So we'll see after the second one, but we, yeah, it wasn't too bad. So I would love to chat about your guys' podcast. Um, I would love to just kind of hand it over to you guys and tell everyone a little bit about your platform and why you created it. I know that we kind of have similar missions um, just when I was on your podcast. Um, but yeah, I would love for you to tell everyone a little about it, a little bit about it. <laughs> we, we basically started this podcast, as Ashley kind of mentioned before, we were sitting at a pool one day just talking about podcasts and talking about this lifestyle and you know, it's hard. And it's like you'd mentioned, you know, you don't really have sometimes a support system. If you're, if you're lucky, you have someone on the team where you can relate to, or maybe you're at the same point in life as they are, but sometimes you're not. And sometimes, you know, you feel so separate and you're moving all across the country and you're in these foreign places. And so, or even for you outside of the country. And so we, <laughs> we really just wanted to be able to create a community of people where they all felt included you know, sometimes people don't feel included if they're a girlfriend and not a wife or a fiance, or some people don't feel included if they're a player's wife or a coach's wife with player's wives, you know, so we really wanted to bridge that gap. And that was kind of our goal with this podcast is everyone's included. Everyone's can feel like they're part of a community with us. And we wanted to really share stories because as we kind of talked about at the beginning of this podcast, people don't know what our guys go through, what we go through. So we really wanted to be able to shed light on that to people that maybe aren't in the sports industry at all. And the people that are can maybe learn something about another sport that they never knew. So that's our goal. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like with the original plan, Brittany and I were starting with football and we were diving in and we were like, okay, it's going to be football. We can, you know, go into this. And then we were sitting there and we're like, why would we stop at football when we could ask, you know, other stories as well? And so for us, we started, you know, asking some friends like Brittany had some friends that were in softball, baseball, different. And we started to learn from those stories. And I will say that even interviewing you or interviewing, you know, just other sports, we 
have been very humbled because you think that, you know, when you're in your lifestyle and you're kind of going day to day, you just think that you kind of get in this bubble of like, oh, this is so hard. Like only the people that are in my sport understand. But I, I laugh with Brittany all the time. Like my jaw hits the ground every time I hear, you know, another sport that is going through like for your lifestyle. I mean, after we had, you know, done our podcast, I was like, wow, that is just incredible. Like, and, and so just to almost like make yourself more aware of other women that are strong and empowering going through very similar journeys, but we just have basically absorbed all that information like a sponge. So it has been wonderful to have all these interviews and to learn from these women for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, you guys, that was really beautifully put like on both of your ends. I completely agree. And like, I love listening to your podcast. And I think it's super interesting to hear other people's perspectives. And actually a question just popped into my head, but you have people on from so many different sports. Is there something that you find is like a reoccurring theme or similar between women in every sport? I think there's a couple things that we've, we've seen. And honestly, a lot relates to each other, I feel like, but we're all just searching for that community aspect of it. And I think that's kind of why we kept going with this and, and we don't know everything, you know, we haven't been in the industry for that long. So we rely a lot on these interviews to shed some light on some of these topics that other people might be going through because we don't know yet. We maybe haven't gone through it yet, or especially with kids, we don't have kids. So we really try to dive into those questions when we do interview people with kids. But I think one of the common themes we've seen a lot is community. And then I also think people like, it's okay to not be okay. Like a lot of people and all we've heard across all the sports is like, you have to put on this image that you're like this, you know, coach's wife or player's wife, and you're at every game and you're cheering them on. And then you go home and you just, you know, whisk the house together and it's all clean and perfect. And you do the laundry and it's folded and all the kids are, you know, like, that's not the case. And we need to really normalize that. And we need to stop pretending that everything is this perfect image and we need to just not be okay. And we need to ask for help. And so I think as we've kind of done these podcast interviews, we've really learned that women just want that platform to be able to like open up and actually show their true colors. And that's kind of what we've seen across the board. Yeah, I do agree with that from seeing all of those responses that we've had in the interviews. And I also say that everyone is searching to find their place and their identity as well, because you get put into this world and you see him doing all these things and following his dreams. And, you know, you are there, you are supportive and you are, you know, the significant other. And then you kind of start to realize over time, you know, if I'm going to make this work and be happy and find, you know, my own happiness, I have to figure out like where I belong in this. And so with those interviews, we have found that women that are like veterans of the sports industry, that they have lost themselves almost in the beginning to be able to find themselves in the strength after time, because they're like, you know, no, I don't have to be this perfect person. And it's not going to be that way. And it they always wish and say that they would have known that earlier to save them that, you know, heartache and expectation of having to be perfection and having to be like someone that they're not. So Brittany and I are always super honest and we're like, yeah, you know, we're like half dressed and we don't have <laughs> makeup on and we're trying to just make it work and be, you know, at the game on a Saturday. So <laughs> I think that it's just been, it's been super eye opening to see that all of us women are really just trying to, to make it, to get mm -hmm. there and to feel good and to just be happy. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know about you guys, but like for myself personally, like before I started this podcast, I wish I had this podcast when I was just starting out. Like, obviously I was not really in a space like year one of the hockey life to like start a podcast because I didn't have as much, you know, experience under my belt. But now that I do, I'm like, dang, I wish like I had this and I'm sure you feel the same way. Like I wish I had this community back when we first started this journey to like kind of help navigate everything. Because like you said, like I'm so humbled by 
all of the guests, including you guys too, just hearing your stories. And like, we really are all so connected. And I think that we're so similar. And before you have this community and like the sense of self and the sense of like the other people around you, I feel like it can feel lonely and you feel like you're going through it by yourself. Like you're like, this is hard. He got traded. This sucks. This is, you know, but then once you start connecting with people, you're like, oh, you've been through it too. Like, I wish I had you when I was going through this. So we could have had this conversation to like help me through it. So I love your mission. I love everything that you guys are doing. And I feel like this is not the end of us. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Just getting we loved, started. <laughs> yeah, we loved we loved um talking with you too. It was so fun having you on afterwards. We were like, dang, that was awesome. That was a great interview. So so for my own podcast, I feel like I don't get nervous. But then when you guys are interviewing me, I felt like I was like babbling. Like I was like, I don't know, like just like all over the place. But I'm like, is this what it feels like to go on someone's podcast? I'm like, I hope. <laughs> and my guests are always like messaging me like, did I talk too much? And I'm like, I want you to talk too much. Like, I'd rather you talk too much than like not talk at all. And I have to like pull the answers out of you. So yeah, we feel the exact same way. Everyone's always like, well, like I sounded weird. And I'm like, no, you've sounded totally fine. Like, keep going. We don't want to have to talk. Like, that's the whole point of the podcast. Like, nobody wants to hear our voices. They want to hear you guys. So yeah, well, we'll have to keep our our juices flowing and see if we can collaborate in any other ways together. Because I I like you guys. I think I think we got to keep this momentum going. We yeah, agree. I love we it. agree. <laughs> so, and I love this question that you actually asked me on your podcast. But if you could go back and tell your younger self something, when you started off on this journey, what would it be? I'm going to flip it back first. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Brittany, are you going to go? You know, it's so funny because we always ask this and it stumps people and everyone's kind of like, man, just one thing. Like, I, can I just say one thing? I think for me, it would be um, less pressure to have it all figured out and to just sit back and observe and like absorb from the other women that have been in it for a little bit longer and to just ask questions and to not be afraid because when I first started out I just wanted to be portrayed as I did like I had it all together because that is what you think that stereotype is and then once you get in it and you start getting a little bit of confidence like okay I'm gonna ask you know, how they did this or how they, you know, do this with a relationship or how they make it work. And you start asking more questions. And I wish I would have done that more in the beginning, because it would have saved me a lot of feeling like I'm by myself, because you're not you do you have all these people around you, but sometimes you sit back and you kind of wait for that to kind of happen around you. So for me, I just wish that I would have observed a little bit more and taken that step to just ask, like just ask for help, ask for advice. Because once I did, I felt like I was just absorbing it all. And these women are, you know, able to give it. And so they're happy to tell you what to do and how to, you know, work through things and to feel, you know, like you've kind of got your hands wrapped around <laughs> what you're doing. And so for me, I wish I would have done that for sure in the beginning. Yeah, I think I think that's a good one too. And I also I just have zero. I can tell myself this now actually. I have no patience and in this industry I feel like that's super important is to have that patience cuz there's that weird awkward time where you don't know what you're doing or where you're going and and just to trust that there's a plan and everything's going to work out. Everything always works out, right? Like you you've gotten this far in life and as I kind of sit here now I'm like okay, I freak out about something, but it's worked out. Like I'm here and I'm doing great. So I think l less trying to control everything. I am, like I mentioned before, very type A and I like to have control over things. Less of that. I would really just urge anybody getting into this industry to just kind of go with the flow and let things just kind of play out. My boyfriend is really good at that and I'm not. So I'm trying to learn from him to just like, kind of go with it. And then the other thing is just stay true to yourself. I think I've, this is a lesson for anybody and I'm continuing to learn this, but you know, as I get older, I really realize like, it does not matter if everybody likes me. I don't like, you do think that when you're younger and you say like, Oh, I don't care if anyone likes me, but really you care. Like, let's be honest, you care. 
but like, just be true to yourself. If you're yourself authentically hundred percent and they don't like you, then that's their miss. And so I think, especially in this industry, you're not going to get along with everybody and that's okay. Like you're not going to get along with all the wives or girlfriends or fiancés on your team. That's okay. Like, don't have to put that pressure on yourself. Just be yourself. And hopefully you can find somebody that's in the same path of life as you are. Yes, ladies, that was so good. Oh my gosh, you guys are so inspiring. And isn't it funny when you like say it out loud that you're like, wow, like I actually like still can use these reminders because when you asked me that question, I was like, if I could go back and tell my younger self something, I would say, don't sweat the small stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's something I still find myself doing. And it was like a good reminder to like step back and be like, okay, I need to stop. Like you said, I'm kind of type A too in certain aspects that I'm like, I need to stop. I need to just not sweat the small stuff, just go with the flow. So I love everything that you guys just said. That was just like so spot on. Totally resonated with that too. Um, So if people want to find you guys on Instagram, where can they search for you? Or what do they search? What's your handles? Yeah. We are at more than a season podcast is our podcast page and you can find us on there and Twitter. We just started Twitter. So don't follow us quite, or don't judge us quite yet on our, <laughs> on our posts, but <laughs> <laughs> we also have our Instagram account. So mine is at Brit Labby L A B B E. Yep. And then my personal is at Ashley M Kramer Kramer with a C And so you can find us there. And then we also have a blog. We have like all the things. So, you know, when in doubt, just put in more than a season podcast and see what pops up, you know? So (laughs) we, we are on all the things for sure. But yeah, the tweets, we got to get on top of that. We need to be more creative. I just, (laughs) I'm a little scared to (laughs) tweet. Nobody likes, or what is it? Likes my tweet. Yeah. I just, yeah. See, I just need some help. So We'll, we'll get going on that. I have yeah. faith. I have faith. If, if your Twitter game is as strong as your real game, you'll have no issues. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank thank you. you. This was so fun. It's kind of cool to be on the other side of it. Yeah, I love it. I'm like, let's keep going. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Hi there. If you're still listening, please take two seconds to subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day.